0: Today's episode of the Rough Drafts podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Their eSports book covers all of your favorite titles, including League of Legends. Bet for free with Unicoins, which you can use to enter raffles for gaming prizes, and even earn Unicoins just by playing your favorite games. Some regions can even place real money bets. And while you're there, be sure to check out the eSports news page where you can read great articles from their writing staff, including me, your host, Chase Redshire King Walsnar. It's time to put your eSports expertise to the test. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt king Wassenaar and welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. The off-season is here. We have wrapped up the finals. If you didn't hear my Redshirt King Manifesto episode on that, totally should. I thought it was a very interesting series, one that we're going to be thinking about for a while. I think there's a lot more depth to it than maybe the 3-0 would indicate. But you know what? That's, that's not why we're here, because now we're in off-season territory, guys, and that means... That We need to start thinking about the most interesting part of this offseason to me, and I I think to the the lovely guests that we have on today, which is going to be this new North American franchising system and all of the implications that that brings. So I have assembled a panel of people that are going to be sharing their thoughts and feelings with you today. Uh, First up is going to be uh, a guy you've listened to on the pod before talking about NA things with me, uh, Matt Superbian Galbraith. Matt, how you doing, man?
1: Oh, I'm living the dream. Perfect.
0: Uh, Then we got second up, Riley Arbitrarium Anderson. Uh, She's a league streamer that you've probably seen me retweet her links before. Riley, how are you doing?
2: Hi, I like video games.
0: (laughs) That's good. Be a weird podcast if you didn't, so I'm glad we're on board. (laughs) Uh, And then last up, of course, my my friend from a while back and a streamer that you guys should all definitely be checking out as well, Xander or Zadis Raph. Xander, how are you, my man?
3: I am fantastic, and as I would remind you, as we said back then, let's do some work here.
0: Yeah, let's do it, fam. Let's just jump right into it. So we have to start with what we know, and and what we know are ESPN reports that have come out over the last month and a half or so, uh, conveniently timed while the World Championship was going on. Wonder why. But regardless, we, we do seem to have a good idea now, pretty solid, of who these 10 teams are going to be. Uh, the six returning teams... TSM, CLG, Cloud9, Team Liquid. I don't think any of those are surprises. couple interesting choices were Echo Fox and FlyQuest, uh, who both managed to keep their spots. That means, if you haven't heard your team yet, I have bad news for you. Uh, Immortals, Dignitas, Phoenix One, and Envious have not been accepted into this new franchise model. And instead, they have been replaced with Optic, who you might know from the Call of Duty scene. A lot of different shooter games they're heavily involved in and three NBA franchises, and Golden State, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Houston Rockets. So Matt, I'm going to start with you. What were your first thoughts when you saw these news articles start to come out uh, in terms of where this franchising system seems to be going?
1: Well, I think the first thing was when when Dig was announced, I think that was like the, the slap in the face to everyone, be like, hey guys, no one is safe. So because because Digg has been in the uh, NALCS pretty much since the beginning and the moment that happened, I think I was you and I were having a bit of discussion. We were just like, how many teams do we think are safe versus not safe? And we started like, oh, I think like eight teams are safe. And over the next course of a few days, we're like, or seven or six, because it just became more and more clear that Riot was looking for something that we did not expect they what they were prioritizing was a lot different from what people expected i think a lot of people expected rot to play it safe value organizations that they've had previous relationships with before um organizations that might have been stable um at least organizationally if the even if the teams weren't necessarily uh good you know like like dig was a team that was around for a long time but they I think there was like three weeks where they went like seven zero, and I was like, "Wow, is they gonna be good?" And then you know, second half the split happened, and they weren't. But I think it was a it, it was a clear indication halfway through that we're just like, "All right, so every team is fair game. We don't know who's gonna make it." And at that point, it became clear to me that uh, I thought that it was I thought IMT was actually safe. I think. FlyQuest making in was the the shocker, right? Yeah, yeah FlyQuest th- making with the shocker. I actually thought Liquid was of, of the what I would consider like the The pillars of the league. I thought Liquid was the team that's gonna be on, on the thinnest ice
0: Well luckily for them They got that sweet sweet Disney money and that yes. makes things a lot easier to work out especially when we remember that starting in 2018 Riot's going to be doing a lot with the mm. BAM text service, yes. which is run by, who knew? Disney. No conflict of interest there whatsoever. It's going to be great. Uh, let's move to you, Riley. What were your thoughts as someone who who goes to the LCS on a pretty regular basis and, and maybe sees these faces and, and teams a little bit more up close and personal than some of our listeners would? Um, definitely, I was surprised
2: by IMT. Not only... Um, Not only because they're established and how well they did this year, but because Noah is among one of the more actively involved. That's not fair. He actively cares about his players and has programs and people in place to support. His support staff is amazing. I've had the good fortune to meet them in person and talk with them. And they were awesome. And I I feel like because of the infrastructure that he laid down for his players that um, Riot who supposedly really cares about player support, um, would have accepted that and been excited about it. And instead, it seems like there were some politics that got involved that prevented them from allowing IMT to stick around. And when compared to the players that they replaced these teams with, I was, I think, even more surprised that IMT was not uh, not selected to stay.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is, that is very fair. When we saw the couple names coming in, I... As an Immortals fan, I, I had hope. I, I thought we were safe. Sander, I was not safe. Were you as shocked by that as uh, the rest I, of us were, or were you maybe seeing I, this coming?
3: I got to be honest, I don't feel like I was as surprised as, as y'all maybe were, um, just because I've been following this a little more from the money standpoint and watching um, a lot of the investments that were coming in over the last few months, just seeing what teams they were go to and, and, and how Riot has regularly spoken about... Um, the length that they've taken to get their sponsorships, and and how it had to be a very value oriented thing, um, and when you started seeing some of the money coming into teams like Envious, um, for example, their thirty five million or so dollar investment um, from an oil magnate, uh, and Riot is looking for something more related to the sports scene. At least I felt um, so. I think Immortals was still definitely a surprise overall. But uh, to to see why they got, maybe got rid of uh, Dig and Envy with some of where their investors were, I could understand. Um, yeah, and, and actually, I thought FlyQuest was uh, less surprising just because I feel like with all the teams they were getting rid of, they had to keep the one team that kind of made it there and has also been there because they were all Cloud9 guys formerly. So I felt like that was a one that... They just didn't want a chance touching without enormous community
2: backlash. Well, and I'm glad... enormous community backlash? Are you kidding? Well, and... IMT was like the furthest going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I want I want to touch on that. I'm going to send this to you, Riley,
0: because I can tell you have thoughts on it. But I I think that you've segued perfectly into this conversation of what was Riot looking for because you talked mm. about you know the the investors that they you know maybe that was a problem with Immortals. Immortals certainly had. A lot of money behind it whether that was the quote-unquote right money or not is is a very interesting conversation so I, I want to talk to you Riley like w- when you think about the arguments that have been put forward and the teams that they have or have not taken in um what do you think why it was looking for and, and why does that line of logic that maybe Xander was putting forth not line up so well with you
2: Uh, So to start with, all of the teams that were um, dismissed from, well, I don't know that much about P1, I guess, but the other three have a very strong video game uh, esports following from other games. Um, And so uh, from that perspective, I felt like Riot was sort of saying words that we're not allowed to say on podcasts to these teams and how important it was to them um, that other other esports are following them. And I thought where in the past that has been an asset to Riot, right? Because they were the small fry. And so an an asset that Riot would be considered as important enough to these video game logos that they would allow other people to come in and bring their CSGO following and bring their HOTS following and bring their COD following. Um, And now they're just kind of saying, yeah, nobody, we don't care. (laughs) Like we're the only one that matters. And so I feel like Especially, I was, um, maybe we've had conversations, you and I, about Dig, and and obviously I I was pretty upset about that one, too. Um, But Envy, I was surprised by, because they are also well-run, have a huge video game following in multiple esports, and had extremely good funding. They also, I don't know, they were kind of the one everyone sort of loved, even though we didn't expect them to get that far, and they got a lot further, I think, than fans thought they would. But I felt like what Riot was looking for here was not at all what, The community expected from them like they thought oh we care about them these are our people they're gonna keep them and Riot seemed to be looking for the prestige that was coming from traditional sports um, in ways that other recent esports leagues have also done Mm -hmm. and I think that's their maybe their intention was to to move into a more mainstream place uh, like regular, uh, I guess, traditional sports have done, and and that's why they let Golden State, Cavs, and Rockets come in. But I was disappointed that Riot would issue the people that brought them to where they're at. Um, including Dig especially as being one of the longest standing um, members of the eSports League for Riot, I was very disappointed that they were like, hey, we don't care that much about you because now these people can give us more. It felt like a popularity contest, like homecoming. Like, hey, thanks for your help. Bye.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and Dick's funny is, is a great example to bring up because they were backed by an NBA org. They were backed by the Philadelphia 76ers who owned the team. So it's not even that they didn't have the basketball money. I guess it was the wrong basketball money. So So that's a little bit interesting to me. Matt... I, I feel like you maybe have a, a different opinion on this. Where do you come from in terms of what stood out to you as far as what you think Riot was looking for?
1: I think uh, everyone's looking at the wrong kind of money. So in a conversation of... In, in a decision-making process like this, most of the teams... Because what, what I would guess is that... Um, they probably narrowed it down to a list of maybe 15 or 20. And most of the teams in this group have that investment money. They're all, the 20 million versus 35 million investment, 50, it, at that point the investment level doesn't matter. I think what Riot was looking for, and because this is a revenue sharing model they're trying to establish, is the ability to bring in revenue from outside the organization. They don't care if the organization has enough money to fund themselves. They just, I, I just don't think they don't. They do. I think they wanted to bring in money. They wanted teams that could bring in money from outside to contribute up to this pool that's going to be shared um, to other teams. And when you think about that spectrum, uh, Immortals seems like actually one of the worst choices because I have no problem with an organization choosing to be picky with their sponsors. But if you look at Immortals, they're sponsored by Omen, Uh, a Canadian gaming chair company uh, that sells $1,800 gaming chairs. So that's a super, super niche market. And a very, very niche uh, peripheral manufacturer called Bloody. Whereas like other teams have Logitech or Razer and this huge list of sponsors like Red Bull. And they're bringing this outside money. So I think... And I get the point about Noah Winston clearly being almost Ember-like in how forward he is with talking about how much he cares about the players and creating a good working environment. I don't think Right cares about that because really that should be the standard. It shouldn't be a thing that's like, oh wow, we're super surprised this team has a really good work environment. You don't think the Cavaliers or the Rockets or the Golden State Warriors are going to create like an exceptional working environment. They're going to do what um echo fox did and probably then some because these guys have the money to do like the chinese organizations can do and go and build some five-story glass uh office building where they're going to have this huge awesome training facility with kitchens and living and uh, living spaces sleeping areas all this stuff that you would expect from a top-notch um training facility so i think at this point that amount of money doesn't matter as far as how much money the organization has. That doesn't matter. I think what ended up mattering was how much money that Riot thought that teams could bring in from the outside. So there was that article that I think intentionally came out second, and I actually called Wolf on this on Twitter. I was just like, hey, you know, you updated your article two hours after it came out about Amoros Nagmega about, oh, there is this other rumor uh, from the same source that Riot didn't like their books because they were bleeding money. They were they were self-supporting themselves with their VC money because they couldn't. They weren't either choosing not to bring in sponsors because they didn't like who they could get, or they just were struggling to get sponsors because that is very hard if you're a new organization who isn't TSM, CLG, or cloud Nine with history of success. And they're like, they're and were they, they going to do promise? Be like, oh, you know, next year we'll be able to get plenty of sponsors. Don't worry, we got this. And Riot's probably looking at this like you have. Uh, And now, of all traditional sports leagues, no league is better at um, marketing itself than the NBA, 100%. Especially at marketing individual talent. The NBA excels at marketing individual talent, and that's where we've seen a league having a history of success. People follow teams, but you also get these huge fandoms of players. And I think TSM looks at and sees we can make this – a bjergsen into a lebron and all these sponsors can sell Bjorksen keyboards (laughs) Bjorksen mouses right or all sorts of like you might have a Bjorksen red bull whatever his preferred energy drink is and so i can clearly see why that would be involved i can see why they would love cloud nine getting a wwe investment because wwe has a a good uh, streaming platform, and above that, WWE travels around the country to all sorts of venues, and in two days creates these exceptional live viewing events. And I, just go.
0: I, I, I see where you're coming from. I do want to give uh, Rosetta some time to, to respond yep. here. Um, but I Because I, I could give you a list of sponsors that envious had that all match the kind of list that you just gave me for all these other teams. I could also give you a list of just the sheer volume of of investor capital that Immortals did have behind them, and well, yes, Immortals is on the, the record. I But, I mean, I'm just saying, Immortals has yes. refuted that that uh, response from Riot as well, that they said that all their books are <gasps> fine, and so that's 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 a hard thing to pin down. But I, I want to hear from you, Xander. So where do you... Okay. What, what details well, do you I, think I, popped out to you the I, most?
3: I, I think when... Part of it, too, that, that no one's really discussed here is, is that you have to look at the the, the the outside contracts that they were taking and how substantial those bids must have been. People are definitely spending a lot of time focusing on why certain orgs didn't make it over others. But uh, at the end of the day, Riot had to make the hard choice of choosing. I, clearly, the Cavs, Rockets, and Golden State had insane bids. These bids are, are uh, I mean... I think these bids are ludicrous, personally. I, and I think that these were no-brainers, that they basically had to take these three. So so then you look at these teams that are gone. Dignitas, everyone says this storied organization, they got relegated. I mean, they technically lost their spot and had to buy it back. It's not like... And, and it's not even like they went the FlyQuest route. They didn't earn it in the same regard. So... um. Then, then, then you have Envy. Like I said, I think that while Envy had a lot of good sponsors, they had some bad sponsors. They had some sponsorship there that was not necessarily – that was not, not negative but maybe contentious or something that could become part of an argument like things that the MLB and NFL are dealing with. That maybe they didn't want to have to have that if they could go with ones that they knew were safer. And given that they brought in an expert here to help them uh, assess this, I, I think that uh, it, it's pretty obvious why they at least had to accept these few. And again, I, I think FlyQuest over Immortals um, FlyQuest over Immortals uh, is a, po- a, a an extreme likelihood in my mind, or would have been prior to, just because it was a self-made team. And Immortals possibly has this Overwatch, you know, issue going on. And Riot clearly wants to be separated from Overwatch. Despite uh, CSGO and some of these other ones that are already established, they're there. These teams are there. Overwatch is a budding league. And if Immortals is trying to be the flagship
0: in L.A., that is contentious. That, And, and I do understand that, that contention. I, I think that there's... Uh, that argument has come up quite a bit, and I do want to get into it. But I, I'm seeing some headshakes from Riley before we move on. That mm-hmm. I just want of to hear I would I want love to, to, hear her I would, I want to give her
2: a chance to respond. On. Like so, we we basically just said that. Um, so Matt mentioned that some of the sponsors that um, League didn't like, mm-hmm. and I actually I think all of the ones you mentioned are um, Overwatch sponsors for teams that are well known. That's the picture is actually. Yeah. team canada
0: well, um, I'll, I'll include the picture of the description because obviously okay. podcast uh, listeners can't see it
2: sorry yeah it's a picture of team canada and their sponsor which is omen um so since we brought it up let's talk about let's talk about it overwatch announced some major uh stuff over the weekend they asked for 20 million dollars which was um not the same as right 10 million slash 13 million depending on whether you're buying in or returning um and what you get in response for that was I was impressed. So, like, previously I was like, damn, I don't know if Overwatch has what it takes. And this weekend they announced full player support. They announced they are actually providing prize money. That's, like, counts as prize money and not as peanuts um, for every single one of the um, seasons. And then for the worlds at the end, they are providing individual uh, team skins on two colors, home and away. They are actually hosting Prey Overwatch for the entire first um keep saying that, it's their Twitter handle, not their actual leak, the owl, we'll call it, um, for the whole first year. And um, they are providing housing and all of that stuff for the teams as they work on their own infrastructure to have home and away games. They have actually created from the ground up a league that looks just like pro sports leagues, which seems like what Riot was going for when they invited these new teams in. So, yeah, it's $20 million, but what they're getting back for their $20 million is pretty freaking impressive, I think. Like, they created an entire league sponsored by Blizzard itself, and I was really happy about that. Um, obviously, there's some things that are still kind of up in the air, things we don't know about, but I got a chance to see it meet some of the players, and they're pretty great, too. Like, um, kind of a side point, they were a little bit older than I expected. I thought the Overwatch kids would be, like, super young. You know, a lot of them are, but they also have, uh, for example, Flower can't play this year because he's not old enough. Um, but we had a really good time, and I really thought, wow, Overwatch has, has like, legitimate staying power. They redesigned their spectator mode, to be a little bit more easy to follow. Uh, I think a lot of the early watchers of Overwatch had a lot of problems. I, I certainly had a lot of problems following, especially people like Tracer uh, that were all over the place. Um, so I think the infrastructure that's available is is high. And League has a huge standard now to, to catch up actually with Overwatch, despite their seven years advantage. And I I really think that um, we have what it, what it takes as to sponsors. So Overwatch put this great infrastructure in, this huge ground up building, um, force people not to use their own um logos which I'm still iffy about um but they are using the sponsors that supposedly League didn't accept for half as much money and not nearly as much support so I'm not sure that that's a valid point
1: okay I'll jump in there um I get what you're saying um I do think I I would disagree with your point that League has to catch up by because I believe uh, Riot sets the standard when it comes to production value and structure. And we're doing this a so little early because we, we know the teams are in, but we don't know the full details of what Riot intends to do with obviously the NACLS, uh, NALCS franchises. I will say that you're correct in probably saying that um, stuff like the uh, incentivized skins are going to go to the money, will go to the Ofwatch teams. Riot's got a seven year lead and they do humps and new do a better job of creating revenue. I, I'm just gonna streams.
2: interrupt, not to change the point, but I didn't mean to say that they were gonna give the money to the points. I'm just saying that they made them skins for in-game. It's just for viewership, that's it.
1: So oh, when just you watch viewership. Right. Oh, so when okay. you watch a right. game,
2: you'll be able to tell which one's on which. It's not if there's no Okay, NBA so I jumped the gun.
1: Yet. Okay. Yeah, All right, that's fine. <laughs> um I, I guess I'll say that to me, you're still looking at a viewership issue before we can really say that the Overwatch League is gonna make it. Um I they did decent, right, over the weekend? Like yeah. hundred, a hundred thousand to Pe- three hundred thousand. Peak was about three hundred thousand, which is
0: about uh it's more than you would get from most esports. It's not quite hitting CSGO yet. Uh certainly not hitting the uh nearly I think it was like three million that we were seeing at like two AM right. PST for the World Championship. But it's like you said, it's it's a huge gap there. I, I want to hear from you, or, or Zadis, real quick before we, we segue this ...into Immortals, which I think is the most specific example of some of these larger, broader conversations that we're having. Uh, so so I think that
3: uh, something that consistently has gotten overlooked with Overwatch... ...and uh, first let me clarify. I was a top 100 Blood Death Knight um, more than one time in World of Warcraft. And I also was Master in Overwatch last season, so I'm very familiar with these Blizzard products. And... The, the fact that Blizzard is consistently mirroring League, yet they don't have the viewership, they don't have the same quality of product, because watching Overwatch is still not nearly as satisfying as watching League. And, and that's coming from someone, again, who did play that game at a high level, and I did enjoy it, but it has... Much more inherent issues just in what it is than League does. League has the benefit of being this top-down, comfortable thing that people have been seeing for twenty years. Again, it's 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 a, a different battle that Overwatch has that that does
0: get overlooked in their valuations. I feel. Yeah, I agree. Totally fair, and and I'm gonna have. Uh, at least a a couple of you probably on in the future to talk about Overwatch League in general, because I think there's a lot to take in from this weekend. I want to shift away from that a little bit and get back onto the NA franchising, specifically with uh, Immortals. And I'm going to start with you, Matt, by bringing up... You you mentioned investment being a problem in terms of the kind of sponsors that they were grabbing in. And, of course, we could go into, like, is Omen enough of a sponsor, not enough of a sponsor? That is one of those things we're never going to be able to pin down. We do know that there was significant investment from uh, AEG, uh, you know, AEG, the uh, entertainment company. We had Lionsgate, uh, the Lincoln Park investment group that was going on there. A lot of money involved from places that you would imagine would be able to have the same amount of advertising that you brought up as being so important for these teams going forward, the same ability to reach out, and of course... We also have articles that have been coming out from people like Romaine, the Unicorns of Love manager, talking about how difficult it is for anyone outside of the first kind of top tier of teams to get sponsorship, given how the sort of relegation system would incentivize companies to only stick to the couple they know will be there, and kind of ignore the rest until proven otherwise. So. So to me, I, I saw that and I went, well, okay, Immortals have proven that they know how to reach out to businesses that matter. They have proven that they know how to run a team to the, the best of their capability and have done a very good job with that. They've proven that they are passionate about League of Legends and they've proven that they're willing to invest in a solid roster to the extent that they made it to the World Championship this year. So, what, I, I, I guess my, my assumption would be that a team who's accomplished all of that would not have struggled to find sponsors. Do you do you believe that? Well, first of all, do you believe that they would have been able to figure it out? Do you believe that Riot believed they could figure it out, or, or do you think that there are other issues than the financial, which probably played more of a factor in their final decision?
1: So I guess here's the thing, and I'm not gonna, I don't want to come out and outwardly bash someone because I don't know anyone in the IMT organization, but I would say. Um, I, Immortals has been a top-tier team over the last two years in, in the NA LCS. Um, I don't think, putting aside uh, maybe underwhelming performance in playoffs in their first few years, in their first few splits, um, they, were during, during the they were a very successful team during the regular split. They're a very successful team during the regular split. This year, they made it to the to Worlds. So I guess I don't think it's accurate to maybe group them in a NVS or uh, maybe. I'm grouping with any of the other teams that have joined the LCS last two years that have uh, are recent because they've been recent and successful. Um, so I guess I would fault the organization itself for um, either not being able to get sponsors or being too picky. Like I, I, I would love to just be like, go up to home and be like, Hey, so what was your thought process here? And I do realize that the sponsorship thing is it's argumentative, but I would like to point out something along the lines of, so TSM has T-Mobile, Gillette, Red Bull, and Geico. Uh, T-Mobile is um, all four of these companies are gigantic uh, national cor- or international corporations. Agila, especially, is rather famous actually for uh, for sponsoring sponsoring top athletes. Um, well, well, that does here. Hail, so I, I like I I accepted like the top tier of teams. Are, it's a little bit
0: different, but when you look at someone like FlyQuest sponsors.
1: I think they're the I know they're in the same boat. The yeah same boat. so
0: so I don't that's where I have a problem with that argument so so maybe let's let's go over to you real quick, Zadius. I'll come back to you in a bit Matt but yeah, where okay. do you well, think that ultimately ends up
3: well again I, I think I think that we just need to classify FlyQuest as an exception first and foremost I, I once again I just think because of how they got to where they are that had a big part in why they got to stay. I I think that Riot, when they're talking about this, if this is a league 10 years from now, they want to be able to say, hey, look, look at that one team of guys that made it through. The guys that were here the whole time got dropped because they were too old. They were washed up, whatever. They came back, made it up through Challenger, You know, pulled the strings they needed to to get the sponsorships, and and they got that. I I think that because of that, Riot wants them to kind of be like a a story, even. Even if uh, again, I, I don't think that uh, uh, that when we talk about all of these teams that and and bringing up FlyQuest is a good example, just because I really do feel that they are kind of a unicorn in this sense. Uh, <laughs> they're just an exception. So when we look at the other stuff, you know, the other teams, we have to really heavily look at what sponsors they had, and like, and that's why the uh, all the sponsors Matt's bringing up, and the issues that Immortals had, not so much with winning or with Uh, organizational outreach but um, more so in my opinion they were playing a larger game the bigger organizational game and it got too involved in what Riot is trying to do And, and I really do think that that had the most to do with it they were just too many areas of contention and Riot is trying to focus purely on growing League of Legends and if they have some community backlash over one successful team it's okay because they're allowing this other Again, FlyQuest was my, you know, in in my mind, placates what happens with Immortals because no one really cares that much about Dig who lost their spot and uh, P1 and Envy.
0: And it's interesting that you say that because my response then would be, but Optic got through. And Optic (laughs) is a team that is very much in other games and built their reputation through shooters, still very primarily invested in shooting games. So if it's about, like, it does feel like it's a weird combination of all these factors. Just There's to rebut no on that
3: yeah, on please, that one point, it. real quick though, uh, it, it's not they're not budding shooting games. Oh. Overwatch is the only one whose rise is directly contentious with League. CS:GO is already established. CS:GO has been established. Counter Strike is an entire thing in itself and separate. And most of what Optic has been in has not been in in. Involved in a game that was competing with League of Legends, so I think that that needs to be another clear distinction we have
0: to make. For, for sure, that's but what... Optic does own an Overwatch League team for the. Right oh no, no, no! I understand, yeah. but so, not in so, LA. But but not in LA, and that's where I turn to you, Riley. Like, do you think that that LA spot was was the the kicker here ultimately, and in, and and in all of this? Of course, we we talk about it from. Kind of a, a factual standpoint, but I, I also want to get into the: Do we think this is the best choice for Riot in the long term standpoint? And, and since you are so much a part of the day-to-day interactions, uh, you know, with some of these things, and you see fans, you know, firsthand watching at these arenas, um, where do you, where do you come down when you when you hear these kinds of arguments being brought up?
2: Uh, two questions: First, is that what everybody really thinks is going on with Flybust? that they got dismissed because they were old?
0: I well, they there's a lot of there's a I mean it's a narrative. I'm, I'm right. asking I'm asking legitimately. Is that what most no. fans
2: think is going on with them? I,
0: I think it was clear that Cloud Nine did not think that they were good enough to start on their roster, and Cloud Nine thought that they could make a lot of money selling a challenger spot that then got into the LCS, which they did. It made a lot of money, sure. yeah. and Hi, and yeah. high made an article about how oh yeah we're trying to grow talent by then not growing any talent right so so mm-hmm. like there, it's and, not and quite that they were old enough but...
1: a rare opportunity to grab jensen he was available oh. at that exact moment okay I, yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, that was a legitimate question i was asking yeah no, yeah, no, no, no uh, absolutely this. um and then what
1: was
2: the question i'm sorry
0: yeah just talking about like where, where do you think these arguments that you're hearing when we talk oh, about financial LA money team, and right? the la team like does that hold water to you and and you know where and where do you stand on that from from your own, like you know, emotional fan-related perspective, because because obviously I have my feelings as an Immortals fan, and I, I do want to start tapping into that a little bit as we kind of explore these arguments a bit more.
2: Uh, okay, so I think um, obviously th- this is totally just me making stuff up. I have no nobody told me anything about anything, mm-hmm. um, but I I do think that there was the implicit comment that they would have to choose uh, if they were going to choose an L.A. team between League and Overwatch. And although you made a valid point that Overwatch has not yet shown that it will have the same viewership as League. um, How do I say this? I love both games, okay, but Mm -hmm. League is eight years old. Like, this is literally, we're going on season eight. How long do you, if you had to guess, say the average esports lasts? I mean, Star Trek just went free-to-play, and that's, let's say I was like, like 15 years ago um so you as an organization new or old you've got to start thinking about the future and if someone offers you what overwatch has offered them and gave it to them for sure well before league of legends or riot i should say um published their opinions and i'm sure the teams had time before it was published but some maybe not since some of the players didn't even know what was going on until it was published um i think you have to go with what you think will um, benefit your organization as a whole. And if Overwatch says, yes, we're gonna give you Los Angeles as your base, and we are offering this much, and this is what we're giving you in return for your money, you have to say yes, especially if you don't know for sure that is that gonna, gonna let you through. And I think that that's a smart decision for a team like um, Immortals, which is new, has good sponsors, has good player support, and has um, strong talent available to them. Several of the players that played this last week are joining Valiant after this season. And I think um, I think that's a good decision. It's, it's going with something you know. Going with something you know will make you money. You are going to have local fans because IMT is already well established there. I think I think it was a good decision. I'm, I'm maybe a little sad that Riot felt the need to establish their dominance by not allowing them to be a part of both. But, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, Matt, your thoughts? Because I, I know we've got to get back to you on this for sure.
1: So, I, um, I will often try to compare, and for years, this is just how I've viewed uh, esports in general, is I've tried to look at it through the lens of professional sports, because that is uh, where I stem a lot of my competitive fandom from, is professional sports. And I think, um, I think we're beyond the point where we need to... Uh, I don't think StarCraft is a good comparison for League and, and Overwatch anymore. Uh, I think those get it was a popular in a different time in technology. Truthfully, um, back when um, good internet and quality computers weren't as ubiquitous as they are now, where uh, my mom's first laptop was $2,000 with 40 gigabytes of RAM of of storage and uh, 512 gigabytes of RAM, it was ridiculous. So I, I think Starcraft in its heyday was just occurred during the wrong time, and I don't think it's an apt comparison anymore. I don't agree with the narrative that we should be talking about League as a game that's uh, on the downside or even halfway through its lifespan. I think League and Overwatch are two things that could potentially consider for decades. Um, We could be viewing the start of the next big sport. I would imagine people in the early days looked at basketball or football and were like, this looks a little ridiculous. People are just throwing a ball through a hoop. That's not going to last very long. And I would be hesitant to fall into that narrative because I think it's different. Um, I think that when, uh, Noah played, uh, tried to play 5D chess. Uh, he wanted to be able to kind of have everything, um, and that's okay, but he lost. So I guess we can't be upset about it um, because he, he tried against both leagues. He clearly knew that there is a distinction between being in the Overwatch League and being the LA team in the Overwatch League. Um, I definitely agree with Xander when he says that, um, there's, uh, they definitely line up competitively compared to, uh, say CSGO and the first person shooter games, especially because Reddit was filled with comments for the first six months after Overwatch about how Overwatch was going to be the end of League because it's PC bang stream numbers were, uh, PC bang play percentages were a lot higher than League and I can see where Riot after getting beat down every month about people, every month about me, see, see, Overwatch is going to be more popular, Overwatch is going to be more popular, over and over and over again. I can see where they could be like, yeah, see, mm not going to happen. And you'll also notice that Overwatch's play has dropped considerably percentage-wise in Korea since then. It's hovering at like 11%, 12%. Uh, pub, uh, G is eating its lunch. And I think that's because, and I think the Overwatch League long-term is less stable and a less stable investment than League because by nature uh fps style games and i think most would agree that overwatch is some kind of combination of moba and first person shooter game uh their players tend to be uh, much more fickle uh a new call of duty game comes out people switch to it and then the new battlefield game comes out and people abandon Oh, uh, Call of Duty and Switch to Battlefield. And that's just how the casual people uh, play. Even when you look at like, games like Smash, new Smash games comes out, people temporarily abandon the old one. And obviously, both uh, older Smash and newer Smash games have great uh, communities now. But games like that in general, I think, you're know, looking at FPS uh, fans being more fickle and my, the potential for Overwatch to die to the next bi- big FPS fad like a PUBG. Uh, is not zero, and I think this assumption that Overwatch is such a great investment is—I uh, I disagree. I think it's a worth the bet. I mean, these organizations got tons of money. If you imagine, can you imagine having invested into the uh, NFL when it first started, and now you're billions and billions of dollars? So these guys look like they, for a small ten or twenty million dollar investment, I could be the the in charge of a billion-dollar franchise 10 years from now. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because that
0: you say that because this is a conversation that we've had with uh, Yost Milan in the past, the Unicorns of Love owner. When he was on, he talked about it's very easy to get $5 million together if that's all you really want. It's a lot more difficult to know how to use it and then make it grow mm-hmm. the way you want it to. So that's a conversation we're going to continue yeah. to have uh, with the Overwatch League. or uh, er- Erzaitis, did you have any any more thoughts as we kind of transition through this topic here?
3: Oh uh, yeah, no. I I just additionally wanted to touch on, like he said, the 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 growth and and that wi- most. I, I really like this point about Noah Winston trying to play 5D chess. I, I also just think Noah Winston played it properly for Immortals. If uh, he knew he essentially had to make a choice here, and he has a choice between still being number three or number four in League of Legends, or potentially having a shot at first with Overwatch League. I mean, if even if Overwatch League doesn't make it to the same level of success as League of Legends, there is, it's likely to, you know, you're more likely to be more lucrative being number one in Overwatch League than being number four or number three in League of Legends, consistently behind TSM, consistently behind Cloud9, especially, you know, now with their international success again. You know, I, it's just too difficult, uh, I think, to fault it purely on, you know what they were doing in League of Legends and how great it was, but also it's a game that all these businesses are playing together, and Immortals played what was right for them, but it did cost them their league spot. I I still think that that's okay, and it's okay for Riot, and it's okay for Immortals. Sucks for Immortals League fans. Uh, You know, I I feel for you guys. I do, because they were a great organization, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think both parties made the right choice, because I don't think... You know, like I, I said, I don't think Optic has as much, uh, you know, headbutting there as as Mortals does with that LA spot for Overwatch specifically. It's just, again, they both made the right decision, and it, again, just sucks for you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I will give my my closing feelings, but I want to hear from Riley one more time before we wrap this mm-hmm. up. Uh, any final thoughts, Riley? I actually
2: kind of agree. I think it was a good decision for Immortals. Um, I don't think he made a wrong decision, and yeah, I'm sad about Mm -hmm. the people I love, but the other thing I was going to say is before that, Matt commented that um, PUBG, about PUBG, and I, I don't think that's comparing apples to apples because PUBG is a startup with, you know, these really great developers that have very little infrastructure, and they're barely keeping up with their people, which is not a bad thing. That means that their game is way more uh, popular than they expected um but activision blizzard has this huge huge background and yeah they've failed before but they've also failed before PUBG hasn't right like they haven't even tried they will and i think it'll be great but at the moment i don't think they're comparing the same week um That's but fair. i do i do think that um that that your point is correct though that uh, immortals made the best decision for their their own players and their own um you call it franchise, so mm-hmm. I, I don't
0: think it's a bad thing. But I, I do miss, I do miss them already. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here. I, I have some mixed feelings about the Overwatch League. I'll just to really quick touch on that, because I don't think we're gonna touch on Overwatch again after this. I think that it's great on paper. I think. You know, we've seen in League of Legends it took about three or four years for them to get the spectator client to where they want it to be. I would have preferred to see Overwatch grow out their uh, native audience a little bit more before asking for that 20 mil right away. I would have liked to see more spectator improvements than we've seen so far, though I did think they proved at the World Cup. I think there's still some ways to go before it's accessible to people who aren't already familiar with the game. And that's a criticism I am hearing and continue to hear. I think that's one that Blizzard's going to have to address. And I think a healthy bit of skepticism there is is fair, especially because they have done a terrible job with every other esport that they've run in terms of how they have purposely... Not not even purposely, but have, in, have made decisions that submarined it into the ground. And we are assuming with Overwatch League... I, I don't want to get to the point where, like... We're rooting for Overwatch League to fail because I'm seeing that negativity on Twitter. I don't think that's the way to go, Um, but I also think that we need to keep that in mind when we talk about, you know, it's the right choice for Immortals. It might be the right choice. We don't know. They're gambling on it. I hope it
3: goes well.
0: Yeah, look, they're gambling on it as much as we are, and and certainly uh, they'll have to look at that. What I would say is, as an Immortals fan and as someone who went to the finals in in Austin and who bought an Immortals jersey while I was there and had my cousin buy an Immortals jersey when I was there and Riot spent all of this time and energy they had Noah Winston on a panel talking about the future of franchise owners that they have on their YouTube channel publicly and they also had, you know, all this time where they were promoting these huge storylines at Worlds about Immortals and how important this team was and how great this team was and how great the ownership of this team was. That... To me, it felt like the the way riots handled this is a little bit insulting towards the people who they asked to get invested in this. As a fan, I think the fact that they heard this rumor and have said nothing about it and certainly haven't done anything to, you know, try to put fan hearts at ease or anything like that, I do think that's... It's a little insensitive, I guess, is the nice way I could put it. I also do have to wonder, you know... Overwatch League didn't care whether you got a League of Legends franchise spot. That wasn't part of their criteria. Blizzard wasn't worried about it. They, we, they said, we wanted the best... You no, know, I think it's 12 owners right now for Overwatch League. Like we want the best 12 people we can find. And to me, I don't think that game of chicken, I guess, that, that this, we're talking about, this proverbial you know, five-dimensional chess game that Noah Winston was playing, I'm not sure the game needed to be played. I don't think that we are in a world right now in which there could not have been a successful Immortals Overwatch team and an Immortals team that was really well run in League of Legends and kept doing all the things they do well because they've proven already they know how to balance multiple esports teams. They've proven already that these are, you know, the, the the Riot program doesn't change just because Immortals is or is not on their list of teams that are playing every weekend. They're still having the exact same conflict. If that's if that's the argument, well, to that point, it's a it's a pride thing, not really a this is the best people we could have signed for it thing. Like you, you understand why? Maybe like that, like as a fan, I, I just see that as like it's a cop out. It's oh well, they're in the Overwatch League, so we're now competing with them and competing. We don't let competing people in. Whereas Overwatch has taken a very different approach for that. Uh, Matt, you. You had a question, I guess you wanted
1: to ask me. Yes. T- one quick, one quick question. Absolutely. Do we, do we think the immortal store narrative changes, or the result is different if they do better at Worlds? <laughs> I. If they get to say semifinals, does Riot say we are going to kick the first NA team to make semifinals out of the LCS? Do you think performance could have saved them? Is my question. It, it's, this happens a lot. It's like the Red Sox just fired their manager, and the GM said, Winning the World Series would not have saved him.
0: Yeah, look, on the one hand, I have to imagine that it wouldn't because the stories were being leaked while Worlds was still going on before we knew that Immortals was eliminated, which would imply that the decision had already been made. But at the same oh, yeah. time, that would have been a really hard sell for Riot. Harder than it's already going to be. And, and while I would say that, so far, they haven't really had that much backlash towards kicking Immortals or Dignitas out of the league. The fan reaction has been very mild, comparatively. Um, everyone's been very excited about how fun this Worlds has been, which they should, and is probably why it got leaked to ESPN around this time. Hint, hint, nod, nod. But it, it does feel like they, they think they're going to be able to get away with this, regardless of how well that performance may or may not have gone. It definitely would have been harder had they gotten farther. Orzadeus, it sounds like you got one more quick, quick point before we close this. Yeah, yeah. The
3: quick, quick point, I just... We've talked a lot about um, the the contention between Overwatch and 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 League, but we we, we just... We didn't... And, and how the 5D chest didn't need to be played, I agree. I don't think it needed to be played. But at the same time, you got to remember, this is League's grandpa. Like, this is, you know, Dota's dad, right? And so they're always fighting with dad. But this is still grandpa and you want to separate yourself, you know, just as you see everything, you know, you want to make yourself different. So I I think that that just adds to the point where, yeah, it didn't need to be played, but Riot was going to play this game no matter what.
0: Yeah. And and at some point it's on Immortals that they know what the rules are going to be, whether you agree with the rules or not. And personally, I don't. Seems like, Riley, you don't either. Um, They
2: don't even play (laughs) on
0: the same days, to
2: be honest. It's ridiculous. I know, I know.
3: I'm tracking. tracking. (laughs) And and, and,
2: and that's, you
0: know, and and as an Immortals fan, that's obviously frustrating to me. I'm very curious, you know, this will be one of those things. I can't wait to read the comment section underneath this video, because I would love to see (laughs) how how that's going to go. I'm sure YouTube is always very civil. But but I do want to, I would want to transition to the end here, which is... Where do we think the impact of this ultimately lies? Because all of this right now, we're, we're still very much in the speculation game. We still don't know what the ultimate financial situation is going to look like, how Riot plans on improving their monetization in this regard, which they haven't necessarily been great at so far in their history. And, and, but, but I want to look at where do, how do we think this affects the LCS experience? Uh, and, and Riley, I, I want to start with you because you're there every week where where do you think this ultimately leaves fans who uh, you know have been supportive of the LCS before? is this is this ultimately a positive negative doesn't change anything because the new people the new teams will just come in and get their new fans and none of this will matter ultimately. Like where where, where do you see this ending up?
2: Okay, so my first my first thing that I took away from it is those players have to go somewhere. I, nobody's gonna let Pope Elder go home. Like why would you? That would be stupid. Uh, the second thing I thought of is, hey, I'm a Club Knife fan. It doesn't really change anything for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, worst case scenario, Impact goes home like he wants to. Life goes on. However, <laughs> then since we made this a lot about Overwatch, versus- actually, no, we didn't. Riot did. Um, <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. Uh, I-, yes. I-, <laughs> I
2: saw the opening, The opening. Um, what do you call it, cinematic? Did you watch the Chase? Yes. I-, I cried. I was like, Really? They, like, literally from the stage made this comment that says, we are this community. This is our community. We don't, uh, regardless of what they actually do, Riot has never, ever come out and said, these people are ours. We are behind them. Which is, I mean, gosh, I think I told you this the other day in text. Like, Riot literally made a Gamer Girls support, like, joke from a cast like not that long ago, like in the last month. And I so like in terms of like being a part of the community as a whole, like there obviously I have my friends, I really enjoy it, I go every week, so it's not like I don't like it. But I do feel like Riot went out of their way to say, these people belong to us. Like this is a this is a community where everyone belongs. And that's that means something to me. Um, even though I, I did recently have them respond to one of my support tickets by saying, We can't help you, you're a streamer <laughs> But I when it all comes down to it I I don't think it will affect the majority of the people. I mean, let's be honest; they still chant TSM at games where TSM's not even
1: playing. <laughs>
0: and no, optic's going to be just better. as bad for the record. Anyone who doesn't hear, think that optic, optic, I hear.
3: Optic, so I hear. Just, well, and optic versus TSM. That's that's oh a nice little. That's a nice little thing we're getting too. Which yeah.
2: <laughs> right. Um. So I I don't think that you know next year mid time. You know this time next year we're not going to care. Um. But I I do I do care that that one of them has gone out of their way to make an overt statement that says, You belong here and we want you here. Um, I don't play Overwatch as well as I don't play anything seriously anymore. My work schedule says, hey, you're gonna do this. But you know, back in the day I was a diamond SE two player and I was the only female that I know of that was. And I didn't feel like they treated me like, oh, you're the gamer girl. Like and 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 you know, I back in the day there were I had as many female WoW players as male players on my list. And I was the tank, which is unusual for a female player. And I I didn't feel like, Oh God, you're a girl. Don't tell anyone like it. And I do feel that I do feel that I chose a very non-gendered screen name specific. I mean, that became my screen name because I was choosing it for league of legends and I knew what kind of community it was. Like I, I, not that Delia is super, super gendered, but it is like, I, when it comes down to it, the choices that they made for their pro league is not going to matter whether or not I play their game and spend money on it. Like Mm -hmm. what matters to me is that I have, a community of people in which I feel safe and and that, that I have a good time because nobody whether you're winning or losing at least you're having a good time one way or the other where and I don't feel that that's always true when playing League of Legends and I don't know that the decisions that they've made regarding their pro league is going to change that um so maybe no it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me I, I think it's kind of stupid and I really hate that they made it a, a two-man race between two games that I love but
0: I don't know, but that that's fair, and and all of those factors obviously they're going to weigh into whether you're whatever you're a fan of. You know, I, I think it's it's very hard to separate your feelings on a game from the feelings of their professional league. It all is tied together inextricably, and it should be. So I I, I definitely uh, hear everything you're saying, Orzadas. I want I want to move to you. Where do you see this ultimately ending up? Do you think it's it, it's it's going to be much more about the game than than these kinds of moves, or is there a potential impact here in terms of how Riot's able to, you know, handle things moving forward.
3: I mean, I I really think that um, there... I I think that your sentiment echoes perfectly what Blizzard has chased for the last 10 years, and that is creating a safe and fun environment. However, that is counterintuitive to what esports, competition, and what all this money uh, really bode, you look at the NFL and and how it separated itself and rose higher than the MLB and NBA and it was through competition and it being more aggressive and i think league is pursuing that i think league is taking money from NBA investors and taking money from uh you know MLB bam but i think that the, those two sports are helping them uh, imitate what the NFL is doing, except they're going to do it better. And Overwatch, because they are Activision and Blizzard, they do create these wonderful, safe, and fun environments, but they are not conducive to long-term compet- successful competition. And, and I hope that Overwatch League is successful but I think that your sentiment perfectly sums up why they have not been successful, because if that is what you are chasing, then you are not chasing the success of grander competition. And and, and that's that's maybe a little that may be a little bit harsh of a point of view, True. <laughs> but 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 I mean, sincerely, they, they do seek to put out a, a product that is fun and safe for everybody. And I think they do a fantastic job. I think Overwatch is so approachable on so many le- from so many levels, whereas League, even just getting it started, there's a reason why they're overhauling the level 30 system. I mean, that thing's been brutal for years, and I love that game. And I, I've, you know, I've got like nine accounts, and still every time I'm just like, oh my god, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, Blizzard through WoW found a way to make doing stuff like that fun, and you know, they imitated what uh, Co- uh, Call of Duty did. Uh, right to draw in casual audiences. But again, I, I think that what it boils down to is is definitely we didn't need to have this fight between the two, but it, it, with the money and where it's coming from, it was almost inevitable. Um, and uh, where it's all going to pan out, once again, I have to agree, I don't think anyone really is going to care. I think that where the business models go will matter most uh, for longevity. But outside of that, the, everyone's getting a better deal. All the viewers are getting a better deal. These teams are getting more money. These leagues are getting more money, and and we're just going to get a better
0: product from both from both businesses. I mean, that's that's totally fair. Uh, I want to close with you, Matt. Where do, do you do you agree? Disagree? Is this ultimately none of this this matters? And all of these other factors that that have been brought up by Riley and uh, and Xander are going to be what we what sticks with us, or do you think there is an impact from this?
1: Yeah, I I don't think it matters as far as like long term i don't think the loss of imt is going to be a big deal as far for the overall health of the league mm-hmm. um I, I do think we've kind of one thing we've kind of uh missed mentioning in this uh overwatch slash uh league debate is an arbitrary uh riley brought this up is that after next year overwatch is going to a uh like a real traditional sports app you are traveling to play your opponents in other teams in other uh cities and we have no word from riot on that yet right there so far all we know is that people are still playing at the uh lcs studios in la right correct so i think that adds a layer of risk to the overwatch league that right now the league doesn't have um i think it's very uh over overall uh Blazor is making a very big play. They're making a very, very, very big play. They're going for broke. Uh, the Riot Historics organization, I think it's, it's very safe to say that they're a very safe organization. We're uh, eight years into their existence, and I don't think they've done nearly as good of a job monetizing their own IP as they could be. At this point, I think League should have TV shows, video games, and like t- sorry yeah, tv shows animes movies figurines everywhere like, it should be ubiquitous riot plays it very safe so i think there's a potential for overwatch to maybe grow at a faster rate than league because they're making that big gamble they could also crash and burn i think league is uh very stable i don't think it will have a long-term impact on the success lead i don't think I think five years from now we're still talking about League of Legends is the number one e I think ten years from now we're probably still talking about League of Legends number one e-sport, and I think that might be a that might be a bold call. Um, but I will say this: StarCraft is still around, um, and I think League's success is more sustainable, just because it's. Um, I think you can turn into League and pick up the viewership experience relatively quickly. You can't pick up playing relatively quickly. That's as Xander said, that grind is that grind is real. And honestly, like, when I started playing, like a month after beta ended, there was forty champions. Now there's like a hundred and forty. So like, learning all of that, yeah. Like, not even level grind. Like, you need hundreds of games just so you get that built-in knowledge of being able to react to certain spells without thinking. Not
2: to mention the you, toxicity grind.
1: Right. You, you. So like, because you'll just you'll you have to get to a point where you subconsciously know that like I am in this champion's threat circle. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a distraction. So we haven't mentioned sponsorships, right, which I do want to talk about. And I, I expect that League will do a better job of attracting sponsorships in the Overwatch League, well, only because I think the Overwatch League's branding is 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 really off. Actually, I I don't think that's a, where I think League has done a better job of kind of allowing more originality, which I think is a, does a better job of breeding. Uh, fandom and teams kind of embracing things more than this generic, like, L.A. Like, what is a Valiant?
0: The New right. York Excelsior is the one that sticks out in my
1: mind. Oh, this, that was a little bit. Well, it's their logo is bad. It's just like, did I just buy, like, a team? It just sounds logo? like a soccer team to me, yeah. honestly. Did, <laughs> I just, did, I, did I just buy a, a team's apparel? Or is that just the chic new pattern at Macy's for, like, my pillows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. challenged
2: no, no. yeah. like, your comment of originality by saying that Overwatch literally made them come up with new brands. Like, oh,
0: totally. to, to, but, to be fair, oh, so, and, 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 and let's not act
1: like all League teams are
0: great too. Like FlyQuest exists. are
1: NBA teams, and NBA teams are prohibited from using their uh, branding in other sports. Oh so, okay. yeah. So, so there. Yeah, it's it's, it's that still that into the NBA charter. <laughs> which yeah. Is probably. Yeah. So, but yeah. So in general, I think I think League doesn't have uh, the branding problem that Overwatch is going to have. And I think, unfortunately, we keep bringing Overwatch because it's impossible they to look at these two leagues through a prism that doesn't involve the two leagues anymore. Yeah. They're they're inextricably tied for the rest of their existence because this is like, and Xander brought up the sports analogy, uh, a bunch of rich people tried to create another NFL, another um, a football league uh, like 40 years ago. Um, the
3: XFL, and there were
1: two times. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about that, the yeah. big one where, like, Trump bought a team of all this stuff, and they went out and bought it's players because the NFL didn't have free agency at the time, and NFL's mm-hmm. still nowhere near as, like, the NBA or Major League Baseball as far as the strength of their players' union. Um, and it crashed and burned in a year. So I, I would be hesitant to... Uh, I think Overwatch might end up in trouble if... if if, I'm to ask you this question: If you had a, if if you're, someone tells you five years from now only one of these two leagues will exist, which one's still around? Yeah, I'll let you guys answer that, uh, Riley.
2: I know that you think that league is stable and that you think it's gonna last for much longer than other teams will, and it will last longer, I think, than a lot of people expect. But it's kind of, I don't even know how to describe the. Lethargy, maybe?
1: What's your no answer chance? to the question?
2: No, I do think that Overwatch is just getting started. I think it'll last in five years. It'll definitely last five years.
1: Well, no, I, that wasn't the question. The question is if someone tells you only one's still around.
2: I know, but have you seen the, like...
1: This is a hypothetical. If it, if, if only one is still she around she answered the. the years, her answer is Overwatch. That's That was her answer. Okay, all right.
2: Because, because there's just so little... I don't know if new talent's the right word, but just there, there is a definite feeling of, of exhaustion or tiredness coming out of the new crops of league players. Um, just, And I don't even know how to describe that except that I've met them. And they just seem very, like, not that they're not good. They're definitely good. I mean, I've watched Acadia, and I've watched a lot of guys that came out and contracts and other people. But it's just, uh, there is definitely a shift in... Now you're going to have to learn, as you mentioned, 140 champions because the new champs coming in, the new people coming in have to have at least three mains. You can't have less than that. And there's a lot of things that are, it's just so big, it's like outgrown itself. And interestingly, you mentioned that two directors recently left Riot to work on a question mark secret project, which sounds a little to me like... Abandoning the ship, I guess.
1: I
0: don't don't know. See, see, uh, Daddy Tencent had some feelings about about that. Let's, let's, that's a whole other
3: podcast. I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up here because I feel like (laughs) I I didn't mean to like bring up another subject. You asked me why. There's a lot of what's your answer? Yeah,
0: Xander, real quick. Oh,
3: so, so I would say League because just because I've seen what Blizzard has done with World of Warcraft with 15 years worth of chances. And, and I was a part of it and I gave them opportunities. I, I, you just you have to understand, I've literally been burned by them since I was 12 years old. And, and because of that, uh, even though I'm a fan of Overwatch, it's got inherent issues. And at the highest levels, there were players that took months off of time. When was the last time you watched a Challenger League player take more than, than a week or two off? You haven't. And it, wasn't be- and it was because of inherent issues with the game which League has not had, so the product is still better. What
2: do you call art sensor? <laughs> oh, no, 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 the meta... No, no,
3: no, don't get me wrong. Metas can be terrible, but but the metas haven't been so bad that they're becoming unplayable because Overwatch still has things where you can get one shot. And any time you have a game where you can get one shot, the level of rage you feel that makes you want to quit is much higher. It just is, and... and <laughs> That's why they. I mean, that's again. That's why League got rid of things. You know, like it, it, people being able to one shot with like Pantheon Q. Uh, you know, it was for that reason. And uh, I just think that Overwatch has more issues with its product, its core product, regardless of how the League is doing and everything. It's the core product and their core market. And and League has done a better job securing those two things, in my opinion.
0: Here, I'm. My final thoughts on your question, Matt, and addressing both of you. Uh, I would say League, and I would say League because Riot has been very slow and steady in how they've built this up. And as far as I can tell from the initial numbers we're seeing, and Riot won't confirm this for another month or so to get all of the data, uh, this World Championship was their most popular to date. People are And people were watching, and people were watching in millions of numbers at a terrible time for Western audiences. And it was more people than we've had in any other... Uh, World Championship. It was more people in China for sure. Riot has done a very good job of not only treating the West well, but in particular, making China very happy, which is where the majority of the player base is, and letting Korea run things with OGN, which Blizzard is not letting Korea do in their scene. So there are a lot of problems that as someone who loves Heroes of the Storm and watched that scene completely collapse and, and Blizzard do nothing to help it, from uh, StarCraft II, watching Blizzard actively kill that game with some of their decisions, I, I have more faith in Riot from a historical perspective than I do in Blizzard, but, and this is a big but, and I, I think it speaks to, to Riley's point here, I think Blizzard is doing something very different from any program they've tried before. And if this works... It will set them apart and give them a longevity that no other esport has had because it is going to tie people to a regional love of their game, to a, to a team in a, a much deeper connection. If we're going to make the argument, for instance, that nothing in this LCS team, none of these teams being dropped matters because ultimately people are going to go to the same studio, they'll watch the same streams, they'll do whatever. You know what totally did matter? When St. Louis lost their football team to Los Angeles. A lot of people had their lives affected by that. A lot of people were very heavily invested because that's my team. And Immortals was my team, and I cared about them just as much as I cared about my Falcons or any of my other teams. But as we all kind of agree, there is not a team in League of Legends other than maybe TSM in the West that has that level of connection. And if Overwatch League works, and that is an if, but it, it can work, the potential is there they would be adding something different that gives them a different kind of stability than what we've seen in the past. So, obviously, all of these questions we're going to have to see as time moves on. I, I, I do wonder if maybe, you know, the 76ers are going to talk to a lot of their NA friends and be like, uh, NBA friends and say, hey, by the way, Riot doesn't care about you, just letting you know. Just letting you know ahead of time, they don't care. Um, but we'll see. All of that is, is to be seen. All of that is going to make watching this franchising unfold particularly exciting. We will probably come back to this topic once Riot announces how the financing is going to work and we have a deeper idea of their plan moving forward in the immediate future. But that has been a podcast for now. And if you enjoyed it, you should definitely subscribe both to this channel, the Rough Drafts podcast, and of course to our SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you get podcasts. We're on all of the places you can listen to it on all of the things that you use to listen to podcasts and Truly appreciate all of your support. We're going to be doing a lot of content over the next few months. I have a lot of big plans for the pod that I plan on announcing very soon and that I think you're all going to be excited for. But, of course, you should also be following all of the lovely people that I had on this panel today. Uh, Matt, where can the nice people at home find you if they want to talk to you about anything you said today?
1: Twitter, uh, at SuperbianMG. Awesome. And Riley,
0: if people want to talk to you or they want to watch your stream, where can they find you?
2: arbitrarium lol on twitch and twitter and arbitrarium on youtube and if you can't spell it that's okay me too i'll
0: find you of of course and and all of these will be in the description as well and xander uh any plugs for you on your way out
3: yeah you can find me at twitch.tv slash orzadis you can also find me at twitter at the same handle orzadis and uh, i'm always down to talk about leagues so hit me up
0: absolutely thank you guys so much we will be back Sometime next week, I believe I've got, uh, I'm going to make my announcement pretty soon. So stay tuned, everyone at home. And until next time, goodbye, Internet.